don't know if you're addicted to drugs, what chemicals are in pharmaceuticals, what do painkillers do? I ain't been getting high, well maybe a little baby, I don't wanna lie. Getting hurt and sick are a part of life. Thankfully, nowadays, there are pills to solve everything. What are we actually taking? Hello, and welcome to the podcast on drugs. Okay, okay. Pharmaceuticals is a better word. I'm Adonis Salmonte. I'm Mackenzie Fabian. I'm Cleo Hercules. I'm Harry Hu. I'm Avian Joseph. I'm Ainsley Michelson. I'm Janai O'D. I'm Esther Alojo. I'm Nathaniel Padilla. I'm Jingyao Wen. I'm Will Johnson, and this is Access Science. Hello, and welcome to our podcast on pharmaceuticals. I'm here with Dr. Dax. Dr. Dax, can you introduce yourself and what you do? Certainly. My name is uh, Scott Dax. I am a chief scientific officer of a company called Surside Therapeutics. We're developing uh, non-opioids to treat pain. My background is a PhD in chemistry as well as a uh, being in National Institutes of Health postdoctoral fellow. I started my career at Hoffman LaRoche, also worked at uh, DuPont Merck and Johnson & Johnson where I led a pain research team for 12 years, and uh, now I am uh, working to develop uh, that science into uh, new drugs to treat pain, as I mentioned. Okay, cool. Um, so this podcast, this podcast is going to be a bit on teaching people about more knowledge on what they are and just dive into stuff like that. So. My first question is, define like pharmaceuticals in your own words. Yeah, so uh, pharmaceuticals are typically are um, small molecules or large biologics that are given to people to try to treat a disease or disorder. However, pharmaceuticals can encompass more than uh, prescription drugs or over-the-counter drugs. As we know, pharmaceuticals can also encompass diagnostics. So these are tools to try to understand at what stage an illness or disease has progressed to and pharmaceuticals can also include things like devices. Um, is it different than the standard like drug or opioid? Like is there a like, fine line between pharmaceuticals and that? Uh, so uh, opioids are one class of, uh, of painkillers as you know. Uh, there are um, therapeutics across many areas of medicine, as you well know. Uh, Painkillers and the treatment of pain has been particularly difficult uh, because of the um, subjective nature of pain. So one person experiences pain much differently than the next. There's also an emotional component to pain. Uh, That makes it especially challenging uh, to understand and to treat. Um, Why do doctors prescribe pharmaceuticals? Sure, doctors prescribe pharmaceuticals, again, to, to try to treat or cure uh, disease or disorder. Uh, oftentimes, um, it is uh, a, a course of therapy that can lend itself to compliance by the patient. It's easy to swallow a pill. Um, but uh, the best treatments are actually combined, not only therapeutic interventions, but as well as lifestyle changes or therapy. So let me give you an example. In the case of pain, um, not only should a person seek uh, a doctor's uh, 
advice regarding the treatment of his or her pain, there are other ways to try to lessen that pain in things such as acupuncture, physical therapy, exercise, weight loss, uh, dietary restrictions often work to lessen the pain. So uh, there should be a very comprehensive approach when someone is suffering from pain, in my opinion. Okay, um, so you'd say that painkillers and other pharmaceuticals are given as an, an easier way to treat the illness? Yes, yes, so um, typically, uh, you know, drugs are given um, by physicians, as you know, they, they'll write out a prescription, um, and this has served us well uh, for a long time, and you probably the, are aware that, uh, for example, some of the most remarkable uh, progress has been made in treating infectious diseases. A hundred years ago, uh, people would die in their 40s and 50s due to an infectious disease. We now know that um, people live well into their 80s and 90s and even longer. Uh, so pharmaceuticals, the use of drugs, as people put it, has served society well and will continue to serve society well. There's been a lot of a tremendous breakthroughs in cancer research, you, you've probably heard. So this is a very active area in medicine today and will be in the future. All right, thank you. Um, do you do you know what type of chemicals are in painkillers? Yes, that's a great question. Um, there are a number of different ways to treat pain. The, uh, some of the ways I'm sure you're familiar uh, with and have had heard quite a bit. So opioids are a very large class of painkillers. Uh, they work by essentially blunting or stopping the transmission of the pain signal, uh, actually coming from your brain back to your periphery. Uh, they are very effective in treating severe pain. However, as we know, there's a lot of side effects associated with opioids, in particular uh, respiratory depression, nausea, vomiting, constipation, and addiction. Uh, there are other classes of pain therapeutics as well, though. For example, there are ion channel blockers, which essentially uh, numb the nerves, and I'm sure you've had uh, some form of these. Uh, for example, when people go to a dentist and they get something like Novocaine, that's essentially um, kind of a crude ion channel blocker. There's also over-the-counter drugs that people take very uh, frequently that uh, fall into the category of uh, anti-inflammatory drugs, and these are things like aspirin, acetaminophen, which is sold as Tylenol, ibuprofen, which is sold as Advil. Uh, so those are really the, the main classes of, of um, pain therapeutics. There are, there are some others, but those are really the top three when people think of um, how they might want to treat their pain. Okay, um, are painkillers addictive? Like, I don't know much about the addiction or anything like that. Sure, so um, really any, um, any drug that gets into the brain, that penetrates into the brain, uh, can, has the potential to change the chemistry within the brain, and that can lead to addiction. There's also a psychological component that when a person experiences relief from that pain, uh, that reinforces a behavior. So the real challenge with drugs such as opioids is that they do penetrate into the brain. In fact, they need to penetrate into the brain to work. 
and um, they can uh, stimulate or activate what we refer to as reward centers in the brain. And so this will make a person uh, crave or desire an opioid. And when you couple that with, uh, say, a behavior in which opioids are abused, maybe a person takes more pills than they should or takes them more frequently, this can actually lead to uh, changes in the, in the way the, the nerve cells communicate with, with each other in the brain, and this leads to addiction. Um, do you believe that painkillers are good or bad? Because on one hand, you there is the possibility of being addicted to it, and on the other hand, it does it provide like a convenient way to treat pain. That's a very good question. That's really what's at the crux of the matter. Uh, certainly, we need to have therapeutics that treat pain. If you think back to uh, not too long ago, you know, a couple hundred years ago, there were the use of opioids was not as common and people would have various injuries and would have to suffer uh, through horrendous pain. Uh, so we now know that how to treat pain. I, I think that when used properly under a physician's care and uh, having a smart patient that understands the risks of taking any pain therapeutic lends itself to a very successful therapeutic outcome. I think that painkillers uh, are very valuable and, and we'll be going forward. Uh, every one of us experiences pain many, many times in our, in our life. We all know that when we're in pain, even if it's not very severe, it affects the way we act, the way we think, it affects our sleep, the way we interact with others. And uh, people that have chronic pain that do not get adequate relief from their pain are actually much more likely to suffer from depression or to even commit suicide. So it's very important that pain is treated promptly and safely uh, when it is encountered. Um, that's a great answer. Um, there is a kind of stigma about using medication that are in the pill form or something else, maybe even liquid, but still like medication because a lot of people believe it's healthier to treat it like by themselves. So do you think, like, well, to your knowledge or your opinion, how often should people use painkillers? Sure, that's also a great question. Uh, again, pe people should follow the, the advice of their physician. Typically, uh, therapeutics to treat pain are given only when a person is experiencing pain. So this is much different than, say, a cardiovascular drug that people take every day to keep their blood pressure under control or their cholesterol levels under control. Um, pain therapeutics should only be used when a person is experiencing pain uh, and it should be used again in a, in a very safe manner. Uh, there also needs to be the understanding that a lot of the way pain therapeutics work is to mimic a natural response in the body. So we talked about opioids, it turns out your body produces on its own molecules that are actually opioid-like uh, in the way they work. You may have heard of things like endorphins. Um, these are molecules that the body makes in response to stress or pain. Uh, we all know that um, given a synthetic opioid mimics the way your body would respond by biosynthesizing its own form of an opioid. So a lot of what we do to try to treat pain is to mimic 
the way a bod a body a human body would respond to pain or stress. And just to be clear for any people that don't understand, is you said that you should take painkillers when you're feeling pain. Does that just purely physical pain or is that mental pain? Yeah, that, that's also a really insightful question. Um, you, you know, we all know what pain is when we experience it. Um, and it's real. that's really the baseline. So if, it, if an individual uh, is in a state in which they believe they're experiencing pain, and moreover, uh, they are in a situation in which they cannot do uh, activities that they normally would undertake during just their daily routine, that's a very strong indication they need to seek medical advice and consider taking a pain therapeutic. The most uh, common uh, disturbances, if you will, that occur from pain are uh, really involved when people try to sleep at night. If you're in pain, you don't get a good night's sleep. Um, also, uh, physical activity, just the uh, mere act of, of you know, moving can cause pain. Those are very uh, obvious indications that, that one needs to, to seek medical uh, guidance. And then, of course, there's the obvious reason to seek a, a, a pain therapeutic is that you had an injury that's pretty severe. You cut yourself or you broke a bone, something of that sort. Mm. Um, would you say a lot of people use painkillers or do you think it's more like, a, I, forgot, I don't know the word, but more like less people use it? Yeah, uh, we use a lot of painkillers in the United States. Uh, we consume 85% of the opioids used around the world. So our population is um, a, lot, a lot less than 85% of the world population. Americans uh, expect to have their pain treated. We are accustomed to using opioids and um, we, we, we do so readily. Uh, that's not necessarily a bad thing, again, if, if they're used safely, uh, but, but that's really the reality of it. And did I miss your question? Uh, no, I think you got it. Um, but that raises other questions, like, around the world, do they have painkillers as much as the, we have access to it in the United States, or is it more an expensive job to manufacture? So, uh, in many cases, people have access to the standard painkillers that we find in our in our homes in our medicine cabinets such as aspirin acetaminophen again which is Tylenol ibuprofen which is Advil um, and of course people have been using opioids for thousands of years uh, in an impure form you know that coming from uh, a poppy plant people have been using uh, marijuana for thousands of years uh, so uh, people do have access to various pain therapeutics. However, to answer your question, a lot of third world country people do not have access to the refined pain therapeutics that we are used to getting, you know, in a pill form or in a shot form. And and that's unfortunate. Um, and that's something that, uh, you know, obviously people are trying to, to change and, and open up access for uh, all to benefit from pain therapeutics. Um, is there anything important about painkillers or opioids in general that a lot of people don't know? Uh, yeah, so I think that um, people uh, need to understand that opioids can be used safely. Uh, they do provide pain relief uh, it, under conditions and under circumstances in which 
other classes of pain therapeutics do not work well. Uh, so people need to understand that. They also need to understand that um, it's quite simple to uh, develop a problem uh, when one is using opioids. And we really need to stop blaming a person when they become addicted or have uh, a, an abuse problem with opioids. It's not their fault. Their brain gets rewired. Um, and you hear stories where people like yourself suffer a, a knee injury playing field hockey and their doctor gives them a script for Percocet or Vicodin and they follow the directions and take the, the medication as they should. But as the therapy continues, they develop a craving for that drug, which then leads to all sorts of problems. It's not their fault. I think that's the really the take home message that we all have to understand. This opioid crisis that we are now in the midst of that that's killing up to 175 people a day in this country uh, is an unfortunate uh, collection of events that um, that uh, we need to address proactively and we, we, we should do that without pointing a finger at the person who's suffering from an addiction to opioids, in my opinion. Do you think you have any advice for any of those who are craving that happiness of the medication? Do they have any? Advice? Oh yes, yeah, so certainly um, the advice would be to again seek some medical treatment so there are a number of therapies out there that are known to uh, successfully treat opioid addiction and uh, there's act there are actually medications that are weak opioids that can be given to a person to slowly wean them off the addiction to opioids there's also a lot of counseling and behavioral modification that also works well if a person has a problem uh, or is it believes they're abusing opioids or knows they're outright addicted to opioids, they really need to seek uh, medical guidance. A program to treat opioid addiction is more than just administering a therapeutic. As you know, it has to be a comprehensive program that seeks to modify behaviors and also addresses uh, the uh, health of the individual as a whole beyond pain. As a child growing up in America, and this is my last question, as a child growing up in America, like, I am more likely to go seek um, medication in pill form if I get injured, like you said, playing soccer or something like that, while my parents are more likely to say, hey, try to treat yourself, get some tea, any of that. So, like, how do you know whether or not you're addicted or, like, you just... Sure. So I think that... um, I think for some mild uh, forms of pain, the temptation, and it's probably a good thing, is to not seek a a drug. It's to try to work through the pain uh, safely. Uh, There are uh, topical creams sometimes that give us relief that um, are are very safe because they uh, act only locally, only at the site of injury. They do not get into the brain. Um, Oftentimes, will take a very um, a very weak or mild analgesic or pain therapeutic like aspirin, Tylenol, and that will suffice. Um, I think in terms of um, when it comes to uh, injury or more severe pain, uh, you really do need a pain therapeutic. Um, as you mentioned, 
we really like to be treated by swallowing a pill. There are other ways to administer pain therapeutics, uh, for example, um, directly into the muscle by way of a shot that provides very rapid relief and can be a very localized uh, treatment. There could be an IV administration for very severe pain. So there are a number of ways to really administer pain therapeutics. But I think the bottom line though is when it comes to a uh, an injury or disease in which there's moderate to severe pain, almost every person uh, will need a pain therapeutic. And, and that's okay because it can be used very safely again. So uh, people are in pain, they should, they should seek their doctor's advice. All right, thank you. Is there any note that you'd like to finish off on? No, just I've really enjoyed uh, talking about uh, this topic. Um, my, my company, Sericide Therapeutics, actually has a non-opioid that's now in clinical development. So uh, we are testing this new drug uh, in people and it uh, acts through a different mechanism than all the drugs we talked about. So there are a lot of uh, people, a lot of companies that um, understand the need for non-opioid therapeutics. There are a lot of people uh, working very hard to provide those to patients. and. Um, our, our government has been uh, very uh, involved by making funds available so people can continue to do research on new ways to treat pain. So it's a very exciting time uh, and a very bright future for, for people when it comes to the management and treatment of pain, you know, looking forward just a, f a few short years. So it's a great time to be doing research in the area. And I think that um, we'll be seeing some breakthroughs come to market uh, in the short term. That's absolutely amazing. Um, well, thank you for coming here. Um, that has been the podcast between Kalia Hercules and Dr. Dax. If you would like to say goodbye into the mic, you can. Oh, yep. Thank, thank you again for the opportunity to speak about this uh, topic. As you can tell, I'm very passionate about it. And it's great to be back at West Nottingham Academy. Uh, I, this is a, a, a wonderful uh, facility and institution. I'm, I'm happy to be here. So thank you. Next time on Access Science. How does 3D printing help you? I'm the lead engineer for this group. I do 3D printing for all of the needs of the hospital, including surgical planning, research, training, and education. How long have you been doing the RefRap project? Where do you see the future of 3D printing going? I was much more interested in seeing what directions it went in than in directing it myself. That's actually a really cool start. <laughs> That's not the answer I was expecting. Well, I've learned a lot in this time. Access Science is a production of the Principles of Science and Engineering class at West Nottingham Academy. Main theme composed by Ethan Collis. West Nottingham would like to thank Armstrong Cable for the generous donation of our podcasting equipment.